All right, we're going to start uh, recording here. Uh, hey, guys, before we start the podcast today, obviously you see the different camera configuration and all that, if you're seeing this and this is up. Um, we do want to start out with a moment of silence um, for the victims and families of those um, who were affected at uh, Club Q um, this past week. Um, it's hard to believe it's been a week, so... Um, Thoughts and prayers aren't enough, obviously, but um, for what we can do in this little podcast world that we do in our basement studio, um, we want to dedicate this time of silence for them. Thank you. All right, um, let's start the show. I know how a podcast still works. Uh, I, I, I intentionally remembered to write last week the script and then bring it down this week so that we actually had a script to work with. So, hello and welcome to Hot Takes and Streaming Breaks, the bi-weekly pop culture podcast brought to you by the Colorado Springs Independent. I'm your host, reporter Nick Raven, and joining me in the studio today is... Kelly Karnetsky. Oh, yeah. The guy who watches too much stuff. That's right. But not, doesn't have a Hulu queue anymore. Thank yeah. God. And over to my left, who do we have? I'm Victoria Costantino. I'm an account executive over here at the at the Indy. At the at the Indy at the sixty thirty five at the yeah. sixty spelled out. How are you guys doing today? I mean, decent. It's a Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we usually record these on Fridays, and we're like winding down, and the that the the building is empty. For the most part, you know, people working from home, and it's Friday afternoon, and usually you don't cut these till Monday. But, uh, yeah, there's definitely, like, a en different energy <laughs> right. on a We're Monday. very serious. We're ready yes. to get down to work. There's down to no, business. no goofing off that's no. going to happen. There's no playing around. We or, do have a lot of serious things to talk about. We sure do. Uh, I'm going to hand this. We're, we're going to get, let's get into the heckin' news. That's what I'm saying. Uh got a couple items here that i rounded up this morning uh <laughs> when you know it's okay usually i'll check my facebook feed and be like this was a significant pop culture event i need to share this with the world because that's the primary vehicle that i share stuff and uh going back two weeks because at least there's two weeks between episodes uh i went back and it's like nothing it's like cool now i have to actually do work so <laughs> You gotta research. You gotta research. Oh, and by the way, I checked the episode last week and I very specifically said read the headline and the synopsis that I put underneath. So, whatever uh, you say, whatever you say, we'll do it this time. <laughs> swear. All right. Well, we're gonna give it to Kelly first. We wanna read that first one. We, we talked about Facebook last week. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we're just gonna dovetail like one after the others. <laughs> Okay, and then so we want to read just the headline. Just the headline. You don't need to read off the HTTPS <laughs> colon slash slash. No, 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 okay. I was I wasn't thinking about doing that, but, but I can. But you can. Yeah. <laughs> really creative for a an audio platform. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so this is from Vox. It is Twitter's CEO is now Twitter's main character. The much mocked launch of paid blue checks is one example of the eyebrow raising decisions Musk has made since his $44 billion purchase of the social network one month ago. A short list of ideas he's thrown at the wall in the weeks since bringing back Vine, paid video content, paid direct messages to celebrities, a Twitter payments platform, which could include high yield money market account, even putting the entire site behind a paywall. In his first month, Musk also, Musk also reinstated the Twitter account of former President Donald Trump, who was permanently suspended in January 2021 for inciting violence in light of the January 6th Capitol attack. Thank you. So what, what do you Woo. think about this train of cacophonous mess that has resulted from Musk's he, – he's kind of going in there like with long knives and just slashing everything to bits, confettiing a lot. You know, I think if it was anybody else, I might kind of respect it. Who would you? Okay. If so. I, I, and by anybody else, I mean, you know, somebody that's in this room. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. I, I mean, I, I think there's a, there's a good time to come in and to completely start things from scratch. You know, you've seen it as a third party. You see what's being, what's missing. Mm-hmm. Um, Elon Musk is not the person to be doing that. Well, <laughs> he doesn't. Not only is there the like wild gap of experience to managing a social media platform, we could talk about the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. You don't think that just using Twitter gives you all the experience you need to run Twitter? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like when you play a video game a whole lot, you can go. You're, you're like, a game I'm, developer. At that I'm the, yeah, exa- look at me. Exactly. Look at me. Exactly. I'm yeah. the game developer now. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, exactly. I mean, and, and if you haven't seen the the sync meme yet, or is it a meme? It's just he walked in. Is it a meme? Because it seemed it, just really dumb. It was just what, really dumb. Yeah. Right. So so Elon Musk something about it was his first day, and he was telling people to let that sink in, and he literally oh, brought is that what a that is? sink in he carried it into twitter headquarters i mean it's just one layer after another of not just cringe but just like tacky you know you're running a business yeah, yeah. So. that's what you do on your first day when you when you own the business when you own the business you're yeah. like let this sink in yeah i actually thought it was like a, i'm bringing the kitchen sink or something I'm glad you explained that. More clever. Yeah. Well, he's just a meme lord, and so that's that. That is that's his that's his whole (laughs) shtick, right? That's his whole domain. Yeah. Yeah. I just like I've been following it, but like you know, like because I I follow him, and um, I don't know, like because I mean his whole Vox Populi Vox whatever. I don't know the saying. Sorry. Sure. But it's just like we're no Latins here. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) I speak English, Um, (laughs) but like that with like reinstating Trump, it's like. What? Because he was saying – then he was saying that, like, don't – we're not going to do – reinstate people for, like, crimes and stuff, right? Or something. It's like, wait, but wasn't that why he was banned? Was that – wasn't that a crime? Oh, like, instance, inciting a riot, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's what I'm saying. So, it's like – so, he's, like, contradicting himself already. Did you see that, that he stuff? did it off a poll, though? Yes, I know. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. like, yeah. And then all the stupid comments, whether – yeah, whoever. It's like, oh, now they are bots that are voting for this. And it's like, oh, my God. Come on. Like, yeah. let's, this is not the place to do this. Like, I get having, uh, like, polls for certain things, but probably not for reinstating people's accounts or banning people's accounts. That's not where you take to polls. Right. So. Right. It's like you become – a master and an expert based on just 
passive experience. Yeah. And of course, it doesn't matter if, you know, Truth Social is sending out people in droves to vote up. Yeah. Bring back President Donald Trump. That makes sense. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm like, I'm all for free speech and everything, but like whenever he's like, okay, we're not going to let people be on this platform when they're doing things illegally and inciting a riot seems pretty illegal to me. So yeah, it's it's like if anybody did that, I would think that they'd get banned. It doesn't matter who they are. It wasn't a riot. It was a violent group of people in a very important location during a critical time. Gotcha. Moving. That's very semantically. That's its own podcast. That's right. (laughs) Not just a podcast. That is like an entire series. Yes. Forever. uh, (laughs) Talking about, I remember he did the poll about vine too. It's like, Hey, should we bring back? Fine. I'm uh, just trying to figure out what his end game is here. He saw TikTok is popular and he, <laughs> he doesn't want to be on TikTok. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't want that. I want to own it. Yeah. He's like, exactly. why couldn't Vine be TikTok? You know, like Vine why, was TikTok. Oh, well, okay. Why couldn't Vine be TikTok like it is now, right? Because it wasn't as yeah. popular mm-hmm. and it was lacking some of these features. Was Vine just ahead of its time? Yeah. Like, and that happens. Yeah. Yeah. MySpace was ahead of its time. <laughs> But Tom made out rich, so who cares? So <laughs> yeah. He dude, I'm, I I think he's probably one of the happiest people to ever live, right. because he got paid out. He they kicked him out of management and, and like went downhill from there. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wasn't I part of it. I so. wasn't part of that. Yeah. yeah, I I just made sure that you could have glitter text wherever you wanted. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, all these companies set up right, like they set up for other things. They they do something, and then somebody else comes around and and does it better. Right? Yeah, I and mean, that's what happens. Isn't that disruption? Yeah. Like and, the whole tech crunch thing. Yeah. But I mean, that's what happened with Vine, right? Vine was doing good and it was very popular. And then it did something wrong. It started losing popularity. Another service came out that did better than what they were doing, right? They took. That. Right. Because I think. Because uh, I, I think. I don't want to interrupt, but there yeah. is something on the screen over there. Oh. Yeah. Is the disc not ejected properly? Well, thank you for that. Yeah, on the can you or? see? I don't even have a mouse for that. Let's see. Why is it? Why would you bother me during my moment of triumph? I'm sorry. No, not you. (laughs) The Mac. Like, we're just trying to have a podcast here. Okay, that should be better. Don't. And I couldn't tell if it was like an urgent thing or just something that showed up on the (laughs) screen. Right? This this computer is going to explode in the next five minutes unless you actively get involved with what is going on, people. I mean, and this is like this is this is a couple years old, so I'm sure it was some bug that like Scott Forstall put in there before he left. Yeah, sure. That's that's how it goes. <laughs> uh, I, was th- I think Vine and Periscope like intermingling at the same time because they were both Twitter. They were both bought by Twitter and like both of them were out of his time. I think mm-hmm. a Periscope and everyone's got a Periscope thing and they're all doing pretty well. So like uh, Facebook Live with all the emojis and stuff floating out of the bottom and stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to think of other platforms that have kind of something like that. You, you know, I was actually just talking about Periscope in light of – um, glass onion and glass onion, or excuse me, knives out and glass onion. Oh, um, oh. where they were talking about Periscope um, in, in the original. Um, the the teenage boy is on Periscope during that movie, and I thought, what happened to Periscope? Yeah, and it's because it became Facebook Live and it became Instagram right. Stories, I think. Yeah. Um, I think you know, so it so. just yeah. you know, at least the concept got <laughs> molded and adapted into everything else. Right. 
So what are you going to do with Twitter? You're going to do the exact same thing that everyone else is already doing and established? I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, because Periscope was like 2014, 2015, something mm-hmm. like that. Because that's mm-hmm. when the Phoenix years mm-hmm. is when that thing um, – but I, it's hard to imagine Twitter doing something with Periscope, which is why they bought it and then they shut it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh so I don't know. Maybe maybe things do get better if he's just going to shut down and carve up everything and flip all the on switches off and all the off switches on, which is what you do when you're a boss. Yeah. When when you're a new boss. I mean, this isn't anything new. I mean, how many of us have experienced management that has just come in and completely changed things from the ground up? It, it's happened to me countless times in different positions. This this is normal, but to do is it this, in a, such this a public norm- way uh-huh. is not. Would you fi- did they fire half the employees not. though? Exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's part of the point. Well, that's and, and that's <laughs> the problem is like bad management is coming in and disrupting everything to, yeah right because like especially without knowing like yeah first day coming in like you're fired you're fired you're fired like you know you're cool like you know like whatever <laughs> you're like, dead you're dead you're dead you're yeah. cool you're dead you're dead yeah, yeah so it's definitely not a good thing and i think it was the fact that you know he thinks that he knows how yeah. twitter works because he's a billionaire and he's on twitter well, and you saw like he had everyone fly in from like around the world or something at last minute notice to come to this meeting at Twitter HQ and they were going to have this big thing where everyone explains the code base to him and they showed a, like pictures of it afterward and all they did was the, the simple services diagram and how <laughs> like Twitter is linked together at a base and he's like, yay, we did it, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's just narcissism. It is because he's like – Good coding is how many lines of code instead of the a qualitative uh, approach. Yeah. You know some things about code. Mm-hmm. So if I write 100 pieces of code, I should be getting 100 bucks versus you writing two lines that do that 100 lines. Mm-hmm. I'm only going to give you two bucks. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's how it works yeah. in, in Elon's brain. Which blows my mind because he's – he should know the stuff from Tesla and SpaceX. Like all that is code driven too. Yeah. But he also runs those companies into the ground. Like he just, since, since, you know, zip two, he's, yeah, he's just known to just run people into the ground, destroy them Mm -hmm. so that he can, whatever. Yeah. Well, and it's pretty well known that a lot of Tesla's, themselves aren't very quality vehicles. I mean, yeah. this this isn't this isn't new when it comes to him. I don't know really why we're all so shocked about it, more so than it's act. We're actually seeing it happen live. That's what yeah. Twitter's all about, and we're all going to see it this time. See, but see, with Twitter, you don't have to put it in a car first to see if it works exactly. or not. Yeah, yeah. we're we're all it witnessing to, it in real time. Right. Yes. It doesn't have to go through you know. Th- Highway Safety Patrol Board, right? Yeah. Or through the government for <clears throat> rockets and shit, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> through rockets and stuff. So yeah. it's like one of those things where this, he can just, you know, everything, he's just, like there was code that was pushed from development that shouldn't have been on production. I mean, he's just basically like, just push it, push it, push it. Yeah. Because yeah. he can do that now. So It doesn't matter if it blows up. It's, it's, it's good. Right. It's good that it blows up. Yeah. Because then the next one won't blow up. Right. We're iterating, you know, yeah. not, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. I just, yeah, I think he should just waited and looked at like, what are we doing? You know, before just start memeing on everything and, 
and really doing this stuff. But because like the whole blue check mark thing was so stupid, and I don't know why. He or didn't see this it was so amazing. I, well, I mean, it's, I'm, I, I should say so stupid coming from if I was an employee of Twitter, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was great for the internet because it showed him right away that that was a dumb idea. And because, I mean, he, he didn't like it whenever people started becoming Elon. <laughs> so, like, that was a thing. <clears throat> it was a Doja Cat. It's like, I can't. My yeah. name's been Christmas. I, d- I don't know how to change that. You sh- he's he's yeah, been like, fixed it. you can change yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah. it's like Elon Musk. Yeah. With like with an old, picture. old yeah. picture of him, too. Like the worst picture of him. Where, yeah. 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 So, it's like. With the receding hairline. Yeah. Um, yeah. Twitter. Yeah. I actually deactivated my personal account I didn't use very often. Um, and then I've got another account and I'm, I'm like, just kind of, cause I don't, I'm like holding out hope, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And, and it's so confusing now whenever you go to like something and it's got a blue check mark and then a gray check mark now and it says official. I'm like, hold on. What? Isn't that what the blue check mark was for? Like, why, yeah. why is this person now? Like double check mark. Yeah, double check mark. They got a check mark, then their name, and then another check mark, and it says official. Like what? Like, Did you remember his rationale for that? Was well, you know, we have all these spam bots that are basically signing up new accounts for free. So if we put in eight dollars to verify mm-hmm. them, then they'll at least be out eight dollars if they're going to spam. Yeah. Not realizing, I mean, it's not like everyone was saying how bad of an idea it was going into. People pay that's, but I don't understand that because people, there's huge campaigns where like people, like companies and governments pay people to go do this stuff. So why do they, do you think that $8 is going to stop them from creating an account? Like when they're already paying employees to go spread propaganda. Yeah. Right. And and this, this was the, uh, this is the real problem is that, you know, we've seen accounts like I don't remember the pharmaceutical company that got spammed uh, from the blue check mark. And that's just a prime example of how much we trust Twitter, which is arguably probably too much. But if you think about the movements that have come from Twitter as far as social justice movements, as far as elections, about spreading right. information – it's a very almost necessary platform right now. And right. to have that being, and granted, taking everything with a massive grain of salt, yeah, to have something like that have its credibility just torn away is going to be a long-term problem. We have to find somewhere else to go to to Mastodon. spread. Yeah, <laughs> Mastodon Hive? I, I, I've heard of Hive. There's I, posts I downloaded coming it. up. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure much about it. Yeah, but, ditto. But where are we going to get those resources? You know, and when there's tragedies such as, you know, when we had, had the big fires, you know, several years ago, that was a really good place to get up-to-date information. Right. Where are we going to get that immediate information that's necessary for these emergencies? Right. Now we can't trust Twitter to do that. So where are we going to go is just really the next question. I think there's a lot of faith in that because, I mean, this is – I mean, in his having of – his ha- King Solomon having of the, the Twitter baby, he's like, yo, also we're going to fire the people or the, the person who is in charge of, of key access to the building uh, so no one can get into the building. So work from home, but also you can't work from home. So come to the building. Also, you can't get into the building because you don't have key card access. Well, they also like fired their like um, PR department too, and like payroll. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's just like whenever people are reaching out, it's like, sorry, we no longer have a communications team. Like, yeah. 
That's <laughs> a smart. huge communications platform doesn't have a communications. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. but you, like Twitter doesn't have, or I'm not Twitter. Tesla doesn't have one either. Mm. So so he's like, oh, if it works there, you know, it'll be, it'll work here just fine. You know, it, like, yeah. okay, mm. sure, all right. Uh, do you have any faith in the service? Are you using Twitter? Much. I mean, I don't use social media really, but okay. like, um, I just think that I just don't understand what the rationale was behind blue check mark. If it, if somebody said we can't get blue check marks for everybody, or we can't we can't do a different color check marks for everybody, but we can do blue check marks because it already exists. Just we can just you know do that. That'd be quicker. Yeah. Because I mean, all of a sudden they got other check marks, so obviously it just took longer. But yeah, I don't know why. Like, I think there should be different color check marks or symbols that kind of do things. Cause I use uh, Twitter to find out about like, you know, whatever CSPD and stuff like that. If something's going right. on, I'm going to go look there and see if they tweeted about it. Cause that's kind of the blotter now, instead of going to a police blotter, CSPD.com. Yeah. Whatever it is. Right. So like, I think there should be like verified things like that. So then people could know like, okay, like maybe red or something, you know, something that says like, this is emergency services for your city. Yeah. So, you know, and then there could be blue for celebrities. I mean, just color code it or have a different mark. And then the paid ones could just be verified. Like they verified that this, or they paid for the service and their premium or something. Twitter, the Twitter blue could have been like just a, a plus or something, you know? Right. It's like yeah. they opened up a, an $8, an account verification service, and then didn't include any actual verification. Right. Have, yeah. have either of you tried to be verified before for personal or business? Nope. <laughs> it is hard. Yeah. Sometimes you can, you know, just send in one piece of documentation and get it, you know, done and you're all set. But sometimes it takes some good legwork. So maybe that legwork was important. And I think we're, we're seeing that. For yeah. Now. Well, it could have just been like a little you know, their uh, Twitter icon in like a circle or something. Mm -hmm. And that's Twitter blue, right? Right. Yeah. Or like it could have been a white circle with a blue Twitter bird in there. Right. And there what you go, Twitter blue. And then if you're not verified, you don't get anything. No, that could just be it. Twitter blue. And then, I mean, like it doesn't have to be a verification service. It could just be the premium features that you want. What if you get like a crown on top of it? It's like, that's the, oh, that's cause he's talking, he, he was trying to, he was trying to do like the, uh, <laughs> you know, the current system is like thief and vassal kind yeah. of, kind of a, a thing. Uh, because only, I don't understand some of that very like whether it's the Twitter blue check mark or the Facebook one. Um, it's like who is this random dude and why are they verified and right. I'm not because right. I'm cool. Yeah. Like I should have right. a blue some. I, I yeah. I've been on this platform long enough. Okay. Yeah. I've it's said like, enough I words. I deserve one. Exactly. Who determines if they're noteworthy or not? Like what yeah. determines? And then like because I remember because I I had a Wikipedia page and <laughs> and it was removed because I was not deemed. You were not notable. Yeah. Notable. Yeah. yeah. And it's like well who determines that? Like, yeah. My mom thinks I'm notable. <laughs> so. But well, then, like, so it's like, how does Twitter do? If you don't have a, a Wikipedia page, then you're not notable. So then yeah. it's just like a big circle. So somebody determines if you're notable. I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand anything. Are you going to stay with the service? I uh, still got it for now. We'll Still-ver- see. <laughs> we'll see. Take we'll it one day at a time at this point. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, it seems really. I don't know. I've had one for probably know. 12 years at this point, something like yeah. that. Yeah, seems weird to just straight up cancel it, but yeah. there's a lot of reasons. Yeah. I mean, I've been more active on it just because I've been like, oh, let me see what's going on. Let me see this, yeah. this wreck on the side of the road with like 50 cars and mm-hmm. like yeah. 20 ambulances. That's 
Yeah. yeah. And when I say more more active, I'm like on there and I look at Elon Musk's Twitter and then, then I'm like, look at some of the comments and then I'm there for five minutes and I'm out. I'm not tweeting anything. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm logged in. It's like, is it still on fire? Yes. Yeah, yeah it is. Yes, okay, it cool. Is. Yeah. Cool. All right. Speaking of things that are not on fire, uh, number two, planes, trains, and automobiles got a 4K Ultra Blu-ray re-release with 75 minutes of deleted footage as a special feature, some of which was pulled from decaying VHS copies. Now, one thing that I know about you, Kel, is that you had not seen the original theatrical uncut version with the F-bomb parade at the rental car rental center and how that like fundamentally changed your life because he he came over and uh we saw it at my parents place Mm -hmm. right because you was like tnt or usa that you saw you saw it on yeah and he had never seen that scene before yeah and yeah yeah that's nuts that's a great movie you got me i another one i haven't seen how have you not i don't i don't know what what if I'm a bad film dork, okay? Okay, all right, that's fine. <laughs> it's okay. In the hot take zone, it's it's pretty cool. Um, but great movie. That is a Thanksgiving classic. That is, and we watched the uncut version. Mm-hmm. And my even though my parents are not the you know don't swear in the house, don't do anything like that. Uh, it is a classic, and they had a um, there was an article actually not that long ago uh, because the the movie's kind of longer. It's like an hour and like 45 minutes, something like that, which you don't think for a comedy, like long comedies are weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, someone had like salvaged or like dug through and found like an hour and change of stuff that was in the script they had filmed. And they're like, you have to cut this because the original cut was like three hours. Good God. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and in some, like I said, some of it had been kept in just absolutely poor condition not on film, you know, backup of a backup. And uh, it's this, that's why they didn't integrate the footage back into the movie is because some of it is just so bad now mm. after decades and decades. So highly recommend planes, trains and automobiles, but not outside Thanksgiving because it's so intrinsically linked to Thanksgiving. I mean, I guess like you could watch home alone outside of Christmas, mm-hmm. but why? Well, why yeah. would you do that? I mean, like, you if you're that? just watching it once, I guess, you know, just to watch it. But it might as well just wait till next Thanksgiving. Yeah. 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 And it came out before Thanksgiving. But uh, this was also their first time doing a 4K version because they had done the 1080p Blu-ray one. Also, 4K movies in Blu-ray. Do either of you guys do the physical disc thing buying 4K? Okay. You guys are smiling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. How many do you have? Uh, probably only a handful. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, we bought our PS5 halfway just to have a Blu-ray player. There's some, and I'm gonna plug it again. Knives Out is the true Thanksgiving movie. Um, is that it, a Thanksgiving movie? It takes place in the fall, and it's all about complicated family matters. What was, else could be about Thanksgiving? I was, yeah, I get, yeah, I could see that. I always thought that was more like a September October movie. <laughs> I mean, you you could watch it. I mean, it's got oh. Christopher Plummer. He is rest in peace. Oh, but. absolutely. I mean, it, it's a, it's an awesome movie. But um, I have that in 4K, and then uh, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace on that. 4K because I need to watch that on my OLED TV. So yeah, that is. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really need to see. 
you know, grainy Sebulba's face in four in four K. So um, that's worth every minute of it, and every every penny I didn't spend on it because I got it as a gift. So <laughs> I, the last time I saw, I actually I bought the Blu-rays for when it was the complete Skywalker saga when there were six of them, and uh, I bought those on Blu-rays and I marathoned them back when there were six Star Wars movies. Period. Uh, now that seems to be approaching impossible especially as I get older because mm-hmm. I did Star Trek not that long after when there was only 10 of those. Jeez. And uh, that was brutal. And that was actually during the Waldo Canyon fire too. Mm-hmm. So, and then when you're like getting off work Friday night, you start Saturday morning, you're going through to Sunday at noon, your weekend's gone. It just became Star Trek. Well, that that's the only other 4k I have is all the extended editions of Lord of the Rings, which I do binge okay. over in a Okay. Weekend. Yeah, I can see that. Do you have the Hobbits? Oh god, no. Okay. I mean, no, no thank you. Do you have any Do you have any? Yeah. Guess? I mean, I have I have uh, Harry yeah. Potter on 8k, I think, Blu-ray. 8k? Yeah, I think so. I think it's the 8k version. Uh, I haven't opened it up yet just cuz I don't mind watching it digital, but I wanted it like just to Do they have 8k discs i think so i think yeah oh okay. it might be it might be 4k but i'm pretty sure it's ak because ak is really big yeah I yeah know. i just i thought it was cool to, uh, if i ever get an ak tv you know, know. <laughs> so like so uh band so of brothers you... and the pacific um, sure yeah and then, and then a couple other ones yeah so like basically like the the sets of of like things not nothing like just a one-off i was just that reminds me of like the the early days of uh like dvd I guess more – yeah, DVD I guess, but when HD DVD and Blu-ray came out and it was the absolute pinnacle of cinema that was out first. Mm-hmm. So you had the, like the first three or four big movies before anything normal came out because uh, it's like the only movies I'm watching on here are you know, Star Wars and the five demo movies they loaded up on the TV <laughs> to, show that, to show that AK footage sure. does in fact exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Ah, the most recent one I purchased was the 4K um, of Jordan Peele's Nope. Okay, um, yeah. That That is a good one to watch. Yeah. Um, not to mention all of the deleted scenes and things along those lines. I mean, I watched it with headphones, um, and it is brilliant. It is so good. I, I Absolutely bet. recommend the Blu-ray for that. I, I wrote a review back when I wrote – now I have a podcast. And so we just talk about, talk about <laughs> the movies that way now. Great movie. Uh, I don't know what I feel. I, I usually love special. I love the special features, like the behind the scenes stuff, how they made it. But I don't really know how I feel about like deleted scenes because they're not technically canon, and they drag down the pace of the movie. Yeah. And I don't. The only deleted scenes I like are like like blooper reels, really. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> especially when it's real serious stuff. And oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Those are like my favorite. Breaking character. Yeah. yeah when character breaks. Yeah. 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 I, I think of. Remember that first decade of Pixar movies where they had blooper reels over the credits? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. My, my three-year-old loves them. Uh-huh. The Toy Story ones, Toy Story original, we just watched last week. Uh-huh. And he was just cracking up over the bloopers. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? That is – those are good memories right there. Yeah. yeah remember really seeing enjoyable. that in the theater in 95? Like, it was like, whoa. Yeah. You don't remember that, do you? I'm, I'm not that young. <laughs> I'm not going to do the math in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember it was it was in theaters for 
it was in theaters, and then you had to wait a year for the VHS release. Mm-hmm. That was a pain in the butt. When did they stop doing that? It was like Toy Story 2 or something. When they stopped having about a the, the 9 to 12 month turn- turnaround? Or? No, the blooper reels. Oh. I can't remember. But I remember there was I like, we're, we're, we're grown up now. We don't have to do these. <laughs> Same with, Very serious. Because Randy Newman stopped doing all the scores for their movies, too. Mm-hmm. So after point. All right, Victoria, I'm going to give you number three here. All right, number three. This one's a great one. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. I have to yeah, ask that her. is literally, yeah. Kotaku. Sony shits on EA from a great height in latest court docs. Only Kotaku. <laughs> um, only, Co- only Kotaku would say that. Yeah. The endlessly silly debacle between Microsoft and Sony regarding the former's attempt to buy Activision Blizzard King offers as a new low light every day. Yesterday, we had Microsoft declaring that it has rubbish exclusive titles compared to Sony, and today Sony has just loudly dissed EA's Battlefield franchise in an effort to prove how much better Call of Duty performs. It's all part of an ongoing effort to demonstrate that one of the world's biggest console manufacturers shouldn't own one of the world's biggest game publishers, which, you know, sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, so this is is all fun. Everyone's challenging the big Microsoft acquisition of Activision, which is like $69 billion, one of the largest in technology, in software ever, and definitely in games, because like the previous one was uh, Take-Two buying Zynga, which was like $12 billion, if I recall, like significantly smaller. And uh, so now all the regulators are out, all of Sony's lawyers are out, they're saying, yo... You want to buy it? We, we, if we could buy it without borrowing mm-hmm. all of the money to do it, we would. But um, you can't let them have it because um, our our PlayStations are nothing without it. And if Call of Duty goes exclusive, which Sony absolutely fears will happen, despite you know Phil Spencer being kind of a, a um, benevolent dude, uh, they're like, we can't. Can rest on battlefields. Who plays Battlefield? We know who plays Battlefield. We have the statistics. So, and then Microsoft is trying to do the opposite. It's like, but no one buys Xboxes. Everyone's buying PlayStation Fives. Have I rolled my eyes any harder? Yeah. I, my it, thing is, is has Microsoft demonstrated that they would take things away? Haven't they tried to work it with Sony on things like with? Like having cross-platform and stuff, wasn't it that a Sony thing that was blocking that? So, the, yeah, it was. So, the, there's that's a good point. I can't remember who I was. Um, I think it was. Uh, I think it was like Game Grub, um, Giant Bomb, and they're talking about, hey, look, Sony's been doing the thing where they're raising the price of games to seventy bucks, and oh, look, you know, you have to go to Sony to buy. Um, the specific Call of Duty content because they've had this exclusivity thing or, right. you know, look, they're buying Bungie, uh, you know, so you have to go to Sony platforms or whatever to play Destiny. Now, there is a there is a philosophical part here where it is the person who's behind Microsoft right now and has been since Don Matrix screwed everything up. Uh, 
where they're like, the person who's behind is going to be the one who acts most benevolently for the consumer. They're going to do the, oh, our console is going to be cheaper. Our con- We're going to do the Game Pass, and it's going to be all this and this. And then as soon as they achieve market dominance, they're going to be like, ha, 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 we're cutting everything and slashing benefits and raising prices and all that stuff. So Microsoft is approaching this from a point of weakness. But who knows, five, ten years down the road, Microsoft gains the upper hand with Game Pass because you'll have Game Pass in your TV or something like that. You just link up a, an Xbox controller and they go, ha, 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 we said that Call of Duty would be uh, on every platform. However, there was a stipulation in the legal paperwork and now it's exclusive to Xbox forever and it's going to be $5,000 a copy and you have to, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But so, is that in there? If not, I'd say then we're we're good. But that's but you can't. They can they they're saying like no, it won't happen. Mm-hmm. But what's to stop them? I know, but I'm just saying like I would just point back to Sony stuff because it it's always been Sony has the exclusive. Like isn't isn't uh, Halo on PlayStation now as well? It no. is. Yeah. It is. It's where, it is. Yeah. Yes, and Destiny as well. Well, Destiny, but Destiny has always had PlayStation exclusives. Mm-hmm. Microsoft users, Xbox users have suffered from that. And with Call of Duty, that's what I'm saying. But like, I know that Microsoft brought Halo to PlayStation. It was like mm-hmm. shortly after they brought it to uh, PC for the Master Chief Collection. Yeah, the Master yeah. Chief Collection. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. So it's like Microsoft has demonstrated being open with their 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 systems, right? And their yeah. games and their Because they, they want to put a Game Pass app on a PlayStation 5. Right. And what's, that's what they want to do. And what's do. wrong with that? Like, I don't see I don't see the issue, especially whenever they're floating <clears throat> the cost for things. Like, they have to pay Bungie. They have to pay uh, f- whatever, 404, is it 4? Whoever, uh, Microsoft Game Studios, whatever. Yeah, whoever's making Xbox uh, Game whoever's, Studios. Yeah. <laughs> so whoever's making two, yeah, yeah, 343, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Whoever's making. Four four. <laughs> <laughs> can't find the studio. Yeah, can't find the studio. <laughs> <laughs> whoever's making halo they have to they're paying that right and then people are paying for games pass so just give sony a little bit of that cut 30 percent, let's just say just like standard like apple rate or android rate right that people have to charge for their stuff and be done with it yeah i get uh, there's there's an abacus there where it's like if someone okay so say you're buying you know call of duty yeah. and it's on both platforms if you're playing it through game pass you know, you're giving that money directly to Microsoft versus they have to buy a $70 copy and Sony's getting the cut directly versus this, you know, 30% of $15 a month because it's on place or whatever that math ends up being. Because yeah. that's how Sony makes their money back is they sell it the games and Sony just recently in other markets raised the price of the PlayStation 5, you know, to counter inflation and, and this and that and um Microsoft, Phil Spencer was like, we're losing a hundred to 200 bucks on every single console we sell Mm. because, you know, and this like, there's nothing new. They're losing the money on the console because they don't have a real competitor to game pass. They don't have. And then also that's just the way it's always been. Like you're, 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 you're buying, you have, you buy like 12, uh, games per console and that's like 10 bucks or something like it makes up for it in the end. I, I wish I could start. And maybe I will, just for the sake of this podcast, keeping track of how many games I have specifically chosen not to buy to spend $70, $80 on that I'm going over to my PC and pulling up Game Pass and playing on Game Pass. That happens nearly every day. I go through the PS Plus. You know, we subscribe to it. My family subscribes to it. We're not going to pay that money when it's available on Game Pass. And the only things that are 
on you know widely available on PlayStation Plus are a something I've already played, which I mean you know mm-hmm. going back to it's always fun, but yeah, or if you know if I played it on PC and maybe I want a couch console experience, but it is overwhelmingly in Game Pass every single time. There are so few things that I have physically purchased on my PlayStation. It's embarrassing, and I think mm-hmm. it's embarrassing for them to be complaining that somebody else is making moves because they figured out how to make money. Right. They've always been behind in, like, the, the tech and services. And this is going back, like, when they bought uh, Gaikai, you know, a decade a decade ago now to do the, um, the cloud gaming thing. And uh, they were ahead of the curve, and then they kind of didn't do anything with it. Yeah, like they just I, made it ba- the, old, the backwards compatibility service. Which, yeah. Like, they failed on that. Like, that was so stupid. They wasted all that technology. Yeah, on that. But, yeah. you know, was it uh, Steve Perry or whoever? Because he, he was the creator of Shiny back in the day. He created Gaikai. Uh, and then you had, like, OnLive at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Sony, Sony only bought one of them. But, I mean, yeah, they didn't do anything. Like, remember when – how long the PlayStation Network was down in 2011 when one hacker got in there in here? Um, remember how long it took for them to – for you to be able to change your name on PlayStation Network? Like, they don't have that back end. And unfortunately, because Sony is a thin margin or negative margin company in all the other areas except for PlayStation, PlayStation saves that company – year in, year out. So if Sony loses their market dominance, like the minute they start slipping, like, and that's why I'm personally opposed to Microsoft buying Activision is because if Sony loses once, like the chances of them being able to get back up again are basically nothing because they're going to lose access to so many big titles. and And it's not like they can't build new titles, but I mean, you look at Sony's layout and their library it's um, it's cinematic, like artsy, you know, the contemplative, you know, games. It's not Halo. It's not couch stuff. It's not social experiences. It's like this game could win an Oscar or a BAFTA, and I know some of or, them have. Or it's it's either that or it's the. You know, anime fans collected. <laughs> yes, and much respect to those folks and their taste. That's fine, but that's such a very specific audience, right? That that you're just alienating anybody else who's trying to get your games. You know, so the hardest, uh, you know, deleted download I just had yesterday was the Outer Wilds. Taking that off of my PlayStation, uh... um, which I mean, I, I could talk a whole podcast about Outer Wilds, but. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I see your point that, you know, if Microsoft takes Activision, Activision Blizzard, maybe it'll take away opportunities for Sony. Right. But at the same time, Sony's had their opportunities. And why aren't, why aren't they taking them up on it? Because they're going, like, head-to-head against my, like, And that's why, you know, they've tried to drag Nintendo into this as well. And it's like, yeah. Nintendo's doing their own thing. Like, they, they're not affected. <laughs> they, they they've never get, been interested. Yeah, like, oh, no, the, the, the Switch port of Call of Duty goes like 90 days late or something like that, or you don't get that cool, you know, Captain Price skin in the Switch (laughs) version of Call of Duty, whatever. Uh, I don't, they they don't care. 
They don't care. And but, that's how they've exceeded. They that's just, fine. Yeah, yeah. They should just be like writing this stuff in like, okay, let's have these stipulations. Like we need to have like just come up with an open platform, you know, thing. So get rid of all the exclusives. Like Sony, sorry, you can't have exclusives either. And you can still get these games. Both consoles get it day one, right? Instead of the whole thing. Like, because I think it's stupid anytime I see it's like. Oh yeah, with uh, Xfinity, you get access to the beta day one on beta. Who cares, right? That's Who stupid. Cares? Like, just just give <laughs> that to everybody. Why does it have to be an Xfinity thing? Or you know, like this skin is exclusive on PlayStation. Like Sony, if you want to have access to this stuff, stop making exclusive deals. Like, because you're you're causing this stuff to make it look bad. I think I think they look bad on themselves, and I don't. I'm not like I don't like monopolies at all. But like, I don't see this as an issue because. I mean, Microsoft's just trying to level the playing field, I think, because they can buy this and then they can stop that. That's kind of how. But I see, look Microsoft at it. can also then go, let's buy another seventy billion dollar company, and it, like it's tomorrow. You know, it's well, that's capitalism, that's right? The, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you I, had, I Sony, have, you had a century I'm to just, build a I'm time saying, machine like, or whatever. You I'm just know, saying, like, I'm change like, the world. I like, I'm very like balanced. I think when it comes to capitalism and, and socialism, oh. that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. But but whenever I see stuff like this, like with a company not playing fair, and then crying when another company that's bigger than them steps in and is like, well, if we can't have exclusive rights, this is kind of how I look at it is, is Microsoft is, is sees Sony has these exclusivities and they don't like that. And that's how I would be. If I was Microsoft, I'd be like, okay, now we're going to remove our exclusivities. I wouldn't go as far as being like, now they're exclusive to Microsoft, to Xbox, but I would just remove those. And now you've got a level playing field. Now somebody can't sit there and say, well, I have to buy a PlayStation because they have all the exclusive content that I want. Right now it's on both platforms. Plus they've made it impossible to buy a PlayStation anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It reminds me of the Wii because I, I remember mm-hmm. working during the Wii, and it was like three years before you. And I mean, it worked for their benefit because you know people are buying Wii Fits and whatever. But again, boards. that's Nintendo, right? You know, right? They're, they're doing their, their own, own thing. They're doing their own thing, absolutely. And yeah. Sony, Sony is Sony is trying to do their own thing. But unfortunately, when you're competing in that like adult oriented, because that was Sony was the antidote to like. Video games are only for kids, mm-hmm. you know, Donkey Kong and, and Mario mm-hmm. and stuff like that. We got Twisted, Twisted Metal. Metal. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, we got Wipeout and yeah. Reload and, and all these games. And Microsoft is like, we can also do that. But we've got Age of Empires. But in whatever. the meantime, they have other games that are for adults that they don't have on their streaming platform. Yeah. That we'll be talking more about. Which we'll, which we'll come back to. All right, cool. We could talk about games forever, which we will. (laughs) All right, last item on here. I've been seeing the uh, building videos of this, the the time lapse, and I just love it. Lego Eiffel Tower sets are getting out to people. It's $630. Obviously. It's 10,001 pieces. And when completed, it's actually modular. Uh, it stands 58 inches tall, which is just under five feet. I don't know why I put six feet in here. How do I math? Uh, and it's still only the second largest set they've made in terms of pieces. That the one, the only set that's bigger than that in pieces is their world map, which is all those studs on on the big base plate that you build. Mm, what was the price you had on that again? Six hundred and thirty. Six. Sorry, six twenty nine ninety nine. Oh, okay. To Thank save you, you the penny Thank there. <laughs> it's cheaper. When you say that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, because then I remember that at Best Buy. It was like it's cheaper when you say it like that. Yeah. It sounds cheaper. 
for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I wasn't, I wouldn't buy it at six thirty, but six twenty nine ninety nine. Ah, yeah. Now, you, nah, now yeah. you got me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've been, yeah. Like I said, I've been watching the, the speed builders put these together. Uh, I actually saw someone on Reddit had finished theirs and then tried to move it and it did Ooh. not go well. But it's modular. So yeah, it, so it comes, it's like in the three sections, you get the base section and then the midsection slides on top of that. And then the, mm. the actual spire slides on top of that. And I guess they tried to move it all together. And then they also had a Titanic. Mm. Uh, so there was like a, it was just really bad. The Titanic collided with the Eiffel Tower? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> They were right yeah. off course. Yeah, it was really I, yeah, conspiracy theory. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> yeah, so like, do they just add like one piece? Because didn't the Titanic didn't have the record? It was like I thought it was like ten thousand pieces or something like that. Like uh, Titanic, I don't have the exact number, but it's like eight thousand. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's smaller. it seems like they're just like adding like just like a couple pieces to each set, and then they're just jacking the price up by ten dollars. They there is such a mar- market for the highest end Lego sets. Yeah. Um, the biggest one I had was it was the Porsche. It was it was their nine. I think it was the nine eleven or something like that. Uh, but it was orange. It was like eighteen inches long, and um, it was like twenty six or twenty seven hundred pieces. And it was Technic. So all of those pe- – like everything worked together was functional. They had like a gearbox and a reverse gear and stuff like that and working steering. Mm. Uh, and it took most of a week to do and it was great. But also that was like a $300 set, something like that. They have a Bugatti up there, which is kind of the <laughs> similar idea that is discontinued. What color is it? It's blue. Scary. Yeah, it's <laughs> – Sorry, it's memeing. Oh. Yeah. Dabadi, Uh It's It's – yeah, they, so and I remember they brought out the Colosseum. Uh, the Titanic is actually like big sections that you build separately, like vertical slices, and then you just slide them together. Hmm. Um, and then of course you can't really tell when it's so heavy big. So <laughs> they did it so you can sink it, huh? Wow. So whenever it's falling apart, that's messed up. Uh, I yeah. hey, they did it, uh, not me. So. <laughs> All right, we have to move on. <laughs> Let's go to the main event. Yes. Victoria. Yes. We're going to talk about a video game. I know we've been talking about a video game in particular. Do you want to talk about Immortality? I want to talk about Immortality. All right. Go ahead. And and I'm the only one that's played Immortality. No, I played played a couple. Yeah, I played a couple hours of it. You played a couple hours. So you you haven't haven't wrapped it it up yet. I haven't wrapped it up yet. No. All right. So Immortality. Did you get to get into it at all? I I didn't play it, but I did see. So I know what it's about. Okay. Yeah. So so as somebody that hasn't played it, what would you say it's about? What would you say it's about? It's an FMV. So that's all you got to (laughs) know. It's a game. It is an FMV. So use a controller input to manipulate what's going on on the screen. So from what it looks like to me, it looks like. It's some kind of mystery that's trying to be. I don't know what the mystery is, but it seems like, uh, you know, like not found footage, but just like um, it's from what I understand, three movies that were kind of put together or didn't get released. And then like just cuts of those movies. So you're like kind of browsing through them, trying to figure out something and figure out why they weren't released. Or I'm assuming somebody probably killed somebody or somebody was killed you know you're doing a great job yeah. I'm, I, I'm i'm pretty legitimately proud of that yeah. because <laughs> man this is a dense game so yeah. you're, you're right it's about um main star of these movies marissa marcel over three 
ish decades. Um, she starred in three different movies, um, and none of the movies ever came out. So you're browsing through the footage to find out why she, why these movies never released. What happened to Marissa Marcel is the big tagline. So what's interesting is that you're going through this footage and you're looking at the clapboards at the beginning of the scene, and you're watching the directors and you're watching the crew work with the actors to figure out. What happened? Mm-hmm. Um, what happened with all of these other actors? Some of some of which actors and crew that moved over to the, these other movies, but some of them didn't. And why did that happen? Um, me being a apparently very bad film dork that we've learned earlier. Um, <laughs> with all of your 4K. With all of my uh, really bad 4K movies. Um, you have episode one. I, I think I that really a, holds up the standard. It was a for the gift re- for my birthday. That's a great gift. It it was a great gift. We absolutely watched it. Uh, (laughs) What's fascinating about this FMV game is that you're, you know, you're going frame by frame and then you are using, um, you're, you're using your, I guess, controller. I think it's on PC. You can use a mouse and I think it's on Netflix and you can actually use a controller. Yeah, it's um, it's Netflix on like so for Android, iOS, and I, there's like one other platform I think. Yeah, but that came after the fact because originally it didn't. So you're using your cursor to select items that are in each frame to create match cuts. So you would be watching a clip in movie A, you would see a flower, you would click on the flower, and it would pull from a similar clip in movie B, um, or vice versa. So this is how you're putting all of these puzzle pieces together. What's fascinating is how you navigate through these clips, how you physically navigate through these clips. Sometimes you're navigating backwards. Um, Reveals more about what the storytellers are trying to tell you with this game. Um, And and it really is... It's not... I wouldn't say it's subtle by any means. That said, some of the acting is phenomenal and will choke you up some some of it is is pretty good it, there's a lot of it's like um within the realm of or just above like soap opera right uh kind of performances there and there's some really good ones when i start because i put like it was about two hours into it i don't know how like you said there's a couple different ways you can play obviously it is a very organic yes experience because they just throw you in you're saying they really do like they give you kind of a tut- they give you a tutorial and you're watching this it's about um, a 30 second tutorial it's not much it's not much <laughs> yeah it's like here's some buttons have fun and thankfully there's only like a couple controls so you're not like you know comboing or anything <laughs> yeah. but it starts out and it's this clip of a talk show interview mm-hmm. um and and you're like, and you can sit there and just watch the whole thing if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, okay, so, um, and then you start. It's then you start rewinding. You can rewind and fast forward, kind of DVR style. Mm-hmm. And like she said, like throughout the they, the, one of the cool things about it is just they tag different props and characters and all these like emotions, really even emotion, like just mm-hmm. these really subtle things within each clip. And you can pause it at any point and, and be like, easy select, because it'll highlight stuff. Okay. And uh, so, like, you just stop a frame and someone's smoking a cigarette. And you click on that and it's like, wibble, 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 wibble. And then it goes to another <laughs> clip somewhere else in all of these clips. So you're, like, organically exploring this entire thing because it's 
movie. It's like dailies of the movie. So it's not like right. edit. It's not like back and forth shot, reverse shot or anything. It's not like the final edit. Yeah. It's like dailies. It's rehearsals. Yes. It's like motion capture demos. Um, it's interviews outside of there. And it's like it's home through. movies. Yeah, it's home movies and stuff. Yeah, mm. exactly. And you see as you go through it, like the different eras because it's like 68 – the 68, I think maybe 80s and then 90s 72. Or 72, okay. 72 and then 1999. Mm. Um, and I did notice that the protagonist did not age while everyone else did. So the, <laughs> about that. Um, you know, this is a very beautifully crafted game. And it's to the point where it's hard to tell if that stuff was intentional. Yeah. So um, I noticed the wigs. <laughs> the wigs. Uh, if you've ever wanted to see a bad wig in your life, just play Immortality. Yeah. Um, but it's also hard to tell how intentional that is, yeah. too. Um, what's interesting about the match cuts, so, you know, say, you know, you're, you're picking a flower in movie A, you go to movie B. When you go to movie B, it's not at the beginning of the clip 99% of the time. Right. And you don't know that unless you try. So maybe that flower doesn't show up until the end of that clip. You need to rewind all the way to know exactly how that happened because it's not giving you that match cut for a very, you know, it, the game wants you to see this until a little later in the game. Uh-huh. But you have you have to be creative. You have to be um, motivated to want to learn more. It's definitely an exploration learning game. Right. Um I can see how people with that quote unquote tutorial would, mm-hmm. would be like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening because exactly. I, I clicked on a thing and it played a clip and the clip played for like five seconds and I'm stuck and I don't know what I'm doing. I exactly. went back to the grid. There's like three items. Um, yeah, you're right. Because there was <laughs> you zoom to this, you know, you go from cigarette or flower to flower uh, and it's like there's only 10 seconds left of this clip and it just ends and I don't get anything from it. You have to you have to habitually like rewind to beginning or is like click in with right. the with the stick, and uh, then you can start. Then you see the whole thing in, and then you st- and then as soon as you're like, man, I'm gonna watch this entire clip. I'm gonna figure out what's going on. It's like wait, pause, click, and then you're like zooming right. through to another clip, and now you're in a, like decades later, and you're exploring that now, and you're and you just it's a rap- It's like Wikipedia if it were an FMB game. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah. does it like show yeah. you like all of the clips at the beginning, or do you no? Have to, no. So you can't you you have they, to discover the clips. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then so does it give you like an objective? Does like at the end no. of the game? Okay. So you, so there is no objective. Okay. Um, and this was interesting. Um, I was playing with my husband who's played the other games, Her Story and Telling Lies. Do you know uh, the studio's folks. name? Um. You Half have, Mermaid Productions. Half Mermaid um, Productions. By Sam Barlow. So uh-huh, he's, uh-huh. he's done the other games. Um, in my playthrough, as somebody who hasn't played these games, was completely different than my husband's who has played these games before. Um, knowing very little about this game, it took me about a solid hour to realize, oh, I need to rewind because I just got match cut into a clip that I have no, no context, no nothing. Right. You start with... Your one clip, and there can be, gosh, since I'm the only one that's completed it, yeah, I could say maybe there's a hundred clips, <clears throat> maybe 150. Um, I don't think I even found them all. It it ends the game when you are ready to be done with the game, and it, it's hard to say exactly what that means. But basically, if you've reached enough, 
key points to the story. If you have solved the major mysteries, then it brings you to the end of the game, which is kind of its own thing that I don't want to talk too much about. Sure. But... Because a lot of... It, the game is the mystery. The game is the mystery. But it what, ends the game, though? It, it will end the game okay. for you, so, okay. essentially. So you don't know, but... So that ending the game, you don't know, like, if... Like, did I find what I'm supposed to find? It just kind of like. It seems like it's a game where it, by the time you reach that point, you have mentally been like, I know have, what's exactly, going on. Exactly. You have mentally, okay. you <clears throat> mentally know what's going on. And keep in mind, th- these are three probably fully shot films plus extras. So you can spend anywhere from like two or three hours playing this game to eight or ten, which is how much I played this game. <clears throat> um, you can really delve through what's going on here. And then there's an extra supernatural element that kind of goes into that. Um, which really, I don't. Again, I don't want to talk too much about that. Sure. But if you don't discover those elements, and if you've completed that game without discovering those elements, you're going to come out of that game with a completely different perspective. Personally, I cried at the end of that game. Mm. Um, it it really, um, as somebody who's worked in an art field for a very long time, um, really spoke to me. And and the actors are 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 beyond phenomenal when it comes, especially to Endgame. Um, but you know the the whole point of the story is being what, how does art affect the artist, and how and why, and how how has that changed over decades? We see Marissa Marcel as a freshly eighteen year old girl in the sixties, and how she is treated versus in the nineties where she is making this production alongside her partner, right. and how the dynamics have changed and why they've changed. And did they necessarily change for the good? You know, you, you've lost some of this aspect, but you're gaining the other. Mm-hmm. It is it is phenomenal. And I, I love that it's on Netflix because I want more people to experience this because it is an experience more than it's even a game. I don't know if that's a good game <laughs> review or not, but it is. Um, it's something that only a game could allow. It's like exactly. It's, it's like a, a, a choose your own adventure, but mm-hmm. you're like making your like all the pages are blank until you actually like start to plow through it, mm. and then you can start going back to like oh here's you know this checkpoint here because you can pull out um, to this big broad view and be like all right let me go back to this clip and I'll start this and then start tunneling back through and finding this other direction and that which then unearths other clips and you're just discovering this like. Okay, imagine Minecraft, and then so you're like going down. You're like you're like down, 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 down. Get start torch. Down, 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 down. Torch. Down, 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 down. And then you're in this cavern. Yeah. yeah. And then you're going through that, and you're killing all the the creepers and the zombies and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And that's what each one of these clips is. It's like a cavern with like lava, or there's water feature, okay. or there's lapis lazuli, or whatever. Yeah. And then you're like going deeper. It's like oh, here's this other one that's got diamonds. But now you've got this menu that says, oh, here's where all those caves are. So I can go back and I can go to this other tunnel now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my chest is full, so i got to go back up. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Thankfully, you don't have to don't worry about that. But. This game does got a it, phenomenal thanks. job at making tediosity enjoyable. Okay. Um, because of a lot of the – what the game is trying to say as far as, you know – perspective on art to just watching some of these characters evolve plus you're watching three films simultaneously so you kind of want to know what happens at the end even if you've already heard that part of the script you want to see it acted out um so it's amazing how it's kind of working on all of these different levels simultaneously yeah and to see it and even in 
that as well, just aesthetically, how much the 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 system changes over time. Like the the first movie was it Ambrosio? Ambrosio, yeah. Ambrosio, yes. yeah. It's like got the old school like uh, like studio a system post Vatican II kind of church <laughs> commentary, but also like way over sexualized. Well, uh, all of oh these are gosh. like really oh, well, yeah. All yeah of them th- this do is have an yeah. This is sure. this is there's like like a content warning at the beginning. It's like yo this this game's got some stuff. This is not for kids. Yes. Um, it is not for kids. No, no, like nudity, everything, and um, you're it's, so it's got like the the first movie's like matte paintings and what you think of in old movies, and then the second movie, fin, Finsky, Minsky, Minsky, yeah, there we go. It's like a um, like a murder sp- mystery. It's a murder mystery, but it's Crime like post studio system where they're actually doing like handheld cameras, like the Scorsese mm. Coppola era. Those the new Hollywood direction, and then you get to the '90s, and it, it looks like, like relatively new. Like it looks like a '90s movie, and it's trippy. Except mm. for you know, again, the protagonist that doesn't seem to age, and that seems a little weird. But okay, but the dude, does. the dude like gets gray and then all that stuff, and and th- there is you know s- some of the supernatural elements uh-huh. will key you in on you know it. You can't say outright, oh well, she's just a vampire. That's She's not. Which okay, <laughs> Marissa Marissa. Which, which, which uh, so, said, that was my working theory. So, <clears throat> you know, you could say some of those like lazing topics, but one of the things we haven't we haven't touched on yet is the the horror elements that take place in this game, and it might not have been something you've quite reached. I don't think so. Um, so, I'm playing this game on a very large TV in a dark room by myself. <laughs> <laughs> it is a perfect setting to be having somebody talk directly to the camera. And whether it is the actress Marissa Marcel looking at the camera and staring and smiling at you or the person behind the camera, or it's this supernatural figure, or it's, you know, you're, you're watching somebody, you know, in the movie, somebody gets violently stabbed or, or something along those lines. It is so personal because you are the camera. Yeah. You are the screen. So you are staring down Marissa Marcel as she looks and smiles slowly into the camera. Yeah. You know, intentionally being creepy. And it is a wildly unsettling game to constantly have that that background and anybody that's ever edited video knows how uncomfortable that can get, especially when you're looking at somebody closer than you would never, ever look at them and they're right. looking you dead in the eye. It is, it's fascinating. There's, there's an interesting part because it's not like when you're watching behind the scenes footage or, um, you know, just deleted scenes or something from any other film. There's this, Tinge to it of like voyeurism, like yes. you're peeking into something that maybe you're not supposed to be looking at. Well, and you're not because it's not in the final edits of the movie, so yeah. you're not supposed to be seeing this. You're not supposed to be seeing her talking to the camera. But but it, philosophically, as you're watching it, it gives yeah. it really just gives the vibes like you should not be watching. This is this disembodied machine kind of thing that is like this is how you're interacting with all these clips. Understanding these characters, understanding these projects that have not been released, you know, uh, what happened to them. Like I said, you said it was the, the mystery of what happened here. So you are a sleuth um, trying to make sense of any and all this. And you'll like hop between – like you'll pick out a, a random background character 
and they'll just hop to another background. I actually had one character. <laughs> I selected them, and it popped me back into the same clip. Oh, yeah, because you ran out of clips. Because I was the only one they were in. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, And that that's another really interesting aspect to the game is that you're, you know, you, you pick the director and sometimes the game will decide, oh, we're just picking directors. Yeah. And sometimes it'll say, oh, I'm looking for this specific character, yeah. um, depending on the context. Oh, okay. So you're constantly just gaining more context with what's going on. Hmm. Um, and, it, and it is very unsettling. You know, you could be, you know, oh, gosh, what? Well, I think one of one of the cuts I made was like this beautiful mirror, um, and it was a serene scene, and you match cut to an extremely violent, unsettling, sometimes assault clip, and and it puts you right in the middle. You're you're doing that match cut to exactly where that is, and sometimes that's not a place you want to be. Yeah. In fact, a lot of times it's a place you don't want to be. And and mm. one the the clips I've seen are like, and then you're just kind of waiting for the and cut. And then that breath, that breath after the cut is there's so much dread and to watch these actors struggle to pull out of this scene. It's a very emotional scene they just came out of. You know, watching them take a deep breath afterwards to recontextualize themselves. Again, it's not a place you're supposed to be. You're not supposed to see what the actors are doing after this. Yeah, and then how that changes from, like, rehearsals into production into, like, final shot. Because they'll do, you know, they'll have blocking early rehearsals and then they'll have other rehearsals and then they'll actually be filming you know, you'll actually be looking at these dailies and stuff like that. And to see them move along, be in costume and stuff like that. It's like, oh, okay. It's hmm. social commentary. It's artwork commentary. It, it is all of these things and none of it is subtle. And I know that can turn some folks off. It is it, not a game for everyone. It is not a game for everyone, but it is for someone who wants to take their time to really you know, have a decent think piece. Yeah. Um, it, it's not very deep, but it is it is prominent. You can get – you can really get in, like, the head space. Yeah. Pretty, oh, yeah. and, and that's how the game – because once you get over kind of the weird mechanic of how it works and whole – you ha- you do have to – there's a, like, learning – like, not quite a cliff, but a learning ledge that you have to climb over or, yes. to really get into it. But once you get past that, then you're like, oh, okay, okay. Now I know what's going. Okay, let me. Okay, yes. I just I just need to check like one or two more clips. I'm just gonna. I just want to find just out. One this or two thing. more clips. Just yeah, one just or two, one more, or two clips. more clips. I'm just gonna, and then I'm good. And then like ten clips later, it's like oh, I can't put this down now. I'm already. I'm too deep. I'm too deep. I can't do this. I can't leave. Um, it's on a it's on a variety of platforms. It's on Game Pass, so you can just grab it because we were talking about Game Pass. Uh, were there other aspects of this that we have not touched on without spoiling it, obviously? Without spoiling it. Yeah. I think, I think we hit it all. I I, think I, I, it is a game it, to experience. It is a game to experience. It's not straight up a game. It is an experience. I would say it's a game, but it's not like Sonic. It's not like... It's not... You're not... No, you're, oh, gosh, no. Yeah. It's not like a Call of Duty. No. 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 <laughs> But you will feel the call of duty to go through these clips, yes, okay. and, <laughs> and figure out what's going on because it's it's not it's not the game is not implicitly instructing like figure out the mystery. It's like you are building this in your head, and I think that's one of the ways that it works is that it like colonizes your brain. Be like, yes. I'm planting the seed in your head. You try and figure this game out, and you're like, I don't wanna, and then you start getting into it. It's like, okay, now I have to figure this out myself. 
Yeah. Well, and I think it starts it in in a in a great way with that talk show, um, interviewing Marissa Marcel, um, kind of implanting the seed and wanting to know how this very young girl, I think she mentions she's 19 or something at the time, and she was barely 18 when she started filming, and how much she grew during this movie, and you realize that you are going to be watching her grow up in this movie that is that she's starring in that is ripe with um, tragedy and, again, assault. There's a lot of assault in this game. If that's something that you are sensitive about this is not the game for you at the same time it tells a story that feels so real i feel like people should experience what that kind of story is yeah um and to to see how people grow through those um those tragic events you know it's not a good time to be talking about those things yeah yeah i understand Mm -hmm. um and then like going back to that talk show interview when you when you come back to it later, you now have all of like so much more context for what's going on. So you you watch it initially and it's like, what is this? And then you come back to it later, it's like I'm picking up clues. Yes, and I'm understanding this. And here is this talk show host that is very '60s misogynist. Oh, you're such a sweetie, you know that. And kind he's of, not the only one. Yeah, yeah. You, you see that? Yeah. You see- <laughs> <laughs> you see the misogyny all the way up and down, especially with the, the, the director, especially that first director. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and it's so classic. Yeah, it um, is. It, it's it's nothing that you haven't seen or heard of before. It's very Hitchcock. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think he's even <laughs> the whole character just looks like Hitchcock. So <laughs> I, I, it's, per, it's pretty pointed. Yeah, um, he's a pretty yeah. But absolutely. Yeah. Well, cool. You're gonna. I'm. I. I got to finish it up now. Yeah. Yes. So now you got to. go. I mean, I'm interested in it. So yeah. And then if it's on Game Pass, then it's, on Game Pass, it's on Game yeah. Pass, dude. Yeah. yeah. You got to check it out. And I like FMV games. So. Yeah. Do you? What other FMV games you play? Um, I can't remember the names of them, but the the one where it's like in the town where the I can't remember the name of it, but like you're going from place to place. There's like a bar, and um, so that one. There's one where you're in a bunker too. Okay. Remember the name of that one either? Oh, is that like the English Bunker one? I think so. There's been yeah, some recent like, FMV real, games. Yeah, that have... and I haven't beat them all because I'm bad about. I don't beat games. I'm really bad about that. <laughs> but I love game. I love FMV games. They're just they're just fun to to do and, until they start getting repetitive. Where you're like, okay, I saw that clip. Okay, I saw that clip. Okay, I yeah. saw that clip. Like I keep bumping my head against this damn clip. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I I'm, I enjoy FMV. So yeah, some sometimes this game will actually like thread you back. It's like I've seen this clip already. L- let me f- find something else in here. And, and, and at least in this one, it when it does repeat itself, it's usually just confirmation. You got everything you need in this. Okay. Um, most of the times. So. Yeah, or it just treats you, t- or it it requires you to then pop out to the grid view and then try and use that to, to navigate because otherwise you are relying exclusively on what that clip has for hyperlinks essentially to essentially. other parts of the, of the, of the movie or whatever of the experience, hmm. the experience of immortality. And it's actually one thing I will rec- uh, notice there is that in the uh, menu screen, when you're going up and down on the uh, <laughs> options and stuff, no matter what way you do it, it is terrifying if you don't know about this. Yeah. So if it, <laughs> You see Marissa, she, it's like frame by frame. She comes out, and no matter what you do, she reels back. So you'll click down, and it'll frame forward, and you'll click down, and it'll frame forward, and you'll click down, and it'll frame backward, and you'll click 
You'll, yeah. And it just keeps going back and forth. And for those people who aren't aware of that, it is extremely haunting because it's just a chair. It's her, like, reading, I think it's from her her like first monologue. interview monologue. Yeah. And so it's just her walking in and then her walking out and you're just staring at this one singular chair. And it's, again, yeah. like you said, it's a place you're not supposed to be. It's not what you're supposed to see. But you have to, you have to, in order you to, have to. to beat it. In order to yeah. beat it. Well, um, how can we get a hold of you guys? Kel, how can we, obviously not Twitter because you're not checking in except for memes on yeah. there. I mean, sure, find me on TikTok. Yeah. So just uh, username Floaties. Floaties. Yeah. Uh, Victoria, can we reach you anywhere or are you just going to be, you're just. You know, I'm, I'm an account as executive here. I, w- I would love to talk to you guys a bit some more, maybe get some sponsors on this podcast. There we go. So, uh, so reach out. Reach out to Victoria. Absolutely. To. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me. I, this Monday thing seems to be doing pretty okay. Yeah. Works for me. Works for me. <laughs> well, that means I've got to run upstairs and get this out. Uh, edited and all that fun stuff. Hopefully you've been behaving, video. Well... I've already said that first line. Be sure to like and subscribe and follow and all that social media stuff. Comment on our web zone or web page. I actually put web page. Did you put here. web zone? I almost I almost did. Oh I think God. when I was writing this originally, this I was, was like, like comment. Yeah. Yeah. A well no. keyword. No, I was well, yes. A well <laughs> keyword hot heard takes. Heard yeah. So I, was, I was actually thinking, uh, leave a comment on our web zone, I'll uh, mail you a pizza roll. Mr. Plinkett. Yes. Um, yes. Comment on our webpage and our Facebook and all the fun things, literally all of it. Join us next time for a five-hour debate on why oranges are indeed better than apples. We'll see you next time.